today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Because it's always a lamp unto our feet. It is always a light unto our path. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for obeying the Father. And allowing your life to be a sacrifice for ours. As we partook of communion today, it was a reminder of who you are and what you've done for our lives. And so we want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice. Because you're the only high priest that has died and still lives again. Ever living to make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so we thank you. And Father, we, as we open your word, I pray for divine revelation, divine impartation, and divine inspiration in the name of Jesus. And as I step back, I thank you for the spirit of God stepping up so that everything that is said and done will minister grace, will minister life. And will minister encouragement to your people. And we declare that and we decree that in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you agree with that prayer, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. One of the challenges of being a believer is to make sure that we are spiritually growing at all times. And monitoring your spiritual growth is not the same or as easy as it it is to measure other forms of growth in our lives. In other words, for example, to measure your academic growth, all you have to do is look at the number of classes that you've taken and passed. Let's throw that in there. The grades that you may have received on a test or even look at the number of degrees that you may have earned over your lifetime. But since monitoring your spiritual growth is not that easy, I believe that the average believer or a lot of Christians end up being stuck between growth levels. So just look at your neighbor and ask him, are you stuck between growth levels? So if you're taking notes this morning, my message title is Changing Growth Levels. Changing growth levels. And the goal of today's message is to help you and I see the importance of growing spiritually and then help you move from one spiritual level to another. So we're just going to look in uh, one main verse of scripture. That's John chapter 4. John chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 1. It's going to be a lot of reading up front. I'm going to tell you uh, who we're reading about. Most of you know the story about the woman at the well. But today I'm going to give you a different slant on this woman's life. So in John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, When therefore the Lord Jesus, he knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, 
he left Judea and departed again unto Galilee. And verse 4 says, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, which is near the parcel of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey, he sat on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. Then comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me something to drink. For his disciples were going away to the city to buy some meat. Then said the woman of Samaria to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, are asking a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was saying to you, Give me a drink, then you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, You have nothing to draw with as the well is deep. From where are you going to get this living water? Verse 12. She says, are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well? And he drank himself from this and his children and his cattle. Verse 13. Jesus answered and said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Notice her water fed from the outside. Jesus' water fed from the inside. Look at verse 15. The woman says, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither have to come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, You well said you have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and he who you are now with is not your husband. Verse 19, the woman says, Surely, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour has come when you will neither in this mountain or at Jerusalem worship the Father. For you worship, and you know not what you worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23. But the hour has come, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said unto Him, I know the Messiah is coming, which is called Christ. When He is come, He will tell us all things. Verse 26, where we're ending, Jesus said unto her, I that speak to you am He. Now what a wonderful story. This woman is going about her daily duties. She's at this well and she encounters Jesus. And uh, most of us are familiar with this story, but we may not have viewed this story that represents, in my opinion, the need for a change in spiritual growth in this woman's life. We have a Samaritan woman that is spiritually stuck, watch this, at a level and she does not even know that she's stuck. And in this case, I believe most believers in their lives are stuck between spiritual growth levels and they don't know it. Look at your neighbor and say, you may be stuck and don't know it. And one of the first clues that you and I can look at that's in this woman's life that helps us see where she was stuck that we can identify with is that 
her daily routine began to outweigh her, watch this, her relationship with the Christ. She was talking to Jesus and she didn't know it. She was having conversation, watch this, with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and she didn't know it. And here is why. Because she allowed her daily routine to override her need for the relationship with God. So look in verse 7 because it says, The woman came from Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me something to drink. And then in verse 9 it says, Then the woman of Samaria said, Watch this now, here's her, here's her answer. How is it that you being a Jew drink, uh, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. If you notice in verse 7, it says, There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. This was something that she normally did. This woman had an opportunity to fellowship with Jesus. But she was stuck in her routine. She was busy with her everyday life and that happens to us. In other words, her routine in life became more important than her spiritual state. And that happens to us. Watch this. This happens when work, everybody say work. When work becomes a priority. When the kids' activities take a front seat over our spiritual life. And this is what happens Life begins to take priority over our relationship with God. And that's why we end up in the busy category. And this lady was going about in her daily routine. Watch this now. But her daily routine should have included pushing closer to Christ. And and watch this. She just stumbled on Jesus. Amen. And when this happens to us, our spiritual life takes a back seat. And even though we might be reading our Bible, we may be praying, which in my opinion, these are individual growth activities. Because a lot of people, they justify, watch this, their corporate, their lack of corporate environment because they are doing individual spiritual activities. I'm going to say that again. A lot of people, they, they, they look and they say, well, I can justify not being involved in a corporate experience. I can justify not being coming to church every Sunday. I can justify by not being involved in small groups of Bible study or whatever you want because I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying, but you cannot grow alone. Let me tell you what happened to this lady, which happens to us. The doing in her life has developed priority over the divine. I'm going to say that again. The doing of her life and our life can develop priority over the divine. It's like what Jesus said to Martha. Remember Martha and Mary and the Bible says that Martha was cumbered about with much serving. When you look that word serving up, it's the same word in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 when Jesus, when the Bible says uh, that the apostles and the prophets, they come for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of ministry. That word ministry is the same word serving that Martha was doing. And sometimes what happens is we allow the ministry or we allow serving to watch this take priority over who we're supposed to be serving. In other words, sometimes even the work of ministry or serving others takes a front seat over Jesus who we're supposed to be serving. And so what a lot of people do, they try to regain their spiritual balance. And so what they'll do is say, well, I must sit down. I've been serving too much. So uh, I I, I need to sit down. I need to, I need to, 
uh, not get involved. I just need to sit down and receive the word. That's what Mar- that's what Mary did. So that's what I need to do. Uh, I'm going to stop serving at church. And, and what's interesting is uh, when people try to regain their spiritual balance, what they stop doing are the things that they ought to keep doing. You didn't stop going to work. Oh, touch your neighbor and say, he's coming after me right now. He's coming after me right now. No, no, no. You stop, watch this, volunteering with the children. You stop volunteering here. You stop volunteering there. And so you say, oh, because I, I got to get my life together. But you go to work every day. So why not just take a break from work too then? Just stop going to work. Amen. And when in reality, we've allowed the routines of life to take priority over the pursuit that we should have with Jesus Christ. And this is what happened with this woman at the well. She got caught up with the routine of life and almost missed her meeting with Jesus. Now, if you'll notice in the first part of the story when we read in that chapter, the Bible says that Jesus said he must needs go through Samaria. Well, why, why is that? I believe it's because it's always Jesus' desire to have an intimate relationship and fellowship with us. Now, verse 11 is interesting because it helps us see why this lady was stuck between levels. Or let me say it this way. She was stuck between what God has done and what God is wanting to do. Because a lot of us, we're stuck on what God did years ago. She was stuck in tradition and she didn't know it. Verse 11 said, the woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. How are you going to get this living water? Verse 12, are you greater than our father? Here comes tradition. Are you greater than our father, Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself and his children and his cattle? Do you realize, Pastor Eben, I can't join Word of Truth Family Church because I grew up, I'm going to my mama's church and my grandmother went to that church and my great-great-grandmother went to that church. And Pastor Eben, I don't speak in tongues because my grandmother didn't speak in tongues and my great-grandmother didn't speak in tongues. And so if they needed to, if I needed to speak in tongues, they would be speaking in tongues. Well, maybe they didn't speak in tongues because they didn't know they could. And many times we're stuck between levels because our traditions, or let me say it this way, our ways of the past has more value or power over us than what God is trying to do in our lives right now. See, in some cases, God is trying to do something new in you. But what has happened, the old you is weighing down the new you. And what keeps a lot of believers spiritually stuck is, watch this, they're still carrying seeds of past hurts, not realizing that every seed that has been planted deserves a harvest. Some people can't get planted in a good church because they still, watch this, are harboring or nesting negative seeds from their past church experience. So they don't realize the reason that they can't put down roots is because they're still, watch this, producing fruits from a negative situation. Amen. And here's the thing. People think healing from hurts can never happen as long as they remember what happened. Well, I beg to differ. Because see, what happens is the devil can always remind you of what has happened in the past. So if it's my, if it's not, if it's my not remembering a situation that's going to produce healing, I will never get healed because he has the ability to remind me of my past. 
But see, I'm here to tell you that there's a way to get healed and still remember what happened. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, you can't see it. I wish the camera could pull up, but you might see. Can y'all see that line on my wrist? Do y'all see it? Well, if you can't, there is a burn line across my wrist right here. Now, I'm touching it. I'm pushing it. It's not hurting me. Now, ask me why it's not hurting. It's not hurting because it's healed. Now, but I still remember what happened to me. I was in the seventh grade. Going to the oven, my mom had cooked some jiffy cornbread. Not regular cornbread. Jiffy cornbread. If you don't know about jiffy cornbread, jiffy cornbread is a mix between almost cake and cornbread. It's in the middle. It's in the middle. It's not sweet enough to be cake, but it's not dull enough to be regular cornbread. It's jiffy. So I stuck my arm in the, in the oven to get some more Jiffy cornbread and I lifted my arm before it was all, all the way out and that ring that catches a fire <laughs> caught me a fire. Man, that thing burnt me. I mean, it was bad. It was bad to the point where I really should have gone to the hospital. But here's my point. I'm healed. But I still remember the situation. But remembering this situation does not create pain like it did when I got hurt. And see, if you're saying, well, pastor, I just need to, I don't need to remember the situation so I can get healed. No, no, you have, listen, God has the power to heal you and you remember it and it's still not hurt. And that's why sometimes it's hard to get settled in a church. It's hard to get settled on a new job because your last boss hurt you. Your last boss connived and schemed against you. Now you are I spy private eye with everybody on the job now. Everybody's trying to, you know, trying to just ruin you. Everybody's working against you. Everybody's talking about you. And and you, well, girl, everybody talk. Everybody don't know you how they talking about you if they don't know you. So now here it is, a job that God has given you that you should be enjoying. You walk to work, you come in every day suspicious of everybody. Calling it discernment. It's not discernment, it's suspicion. What really makes it hard is that these hurts may not have been sins, but they're weighing us down. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Let me just tell you this. It is not God's job to lay aside the weight. It is yours. He says, let us lay aside every weight, watch this, and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run. Let me just say this, a weight may not be a sin, but a sin will always be a weight. And sometimes, watch this, in our daily routines of life, we have picked up some weights along the way. And notice he says, Lay us, let us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is before us. Most people have stopped running, watch this, because you're weighed down. 
Amen. And this is the area where I feel the enemy really works on believers because we are weighed down so we can't go to the next spiritual level. You're weighed down. And most of the time, we're not necessarily weighed down because of of, uh, of maybe what we've done to others. We're weighed down based on what other people have done to us. And that's why you have to apply forgiveness. Say forgiveness. And see, remember, the word forgiveness has the word give in it. That means you have to give people credit as if they didn't mean to do it. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You say, well, Pastor, I know they know what they was doing. Whether you think they know what they was doing or not, Jesus said they didn't know what they was doing. They was functioning in deception. So sometimes you have to forgive, watch this, on credit. Forgive. Amen. And sometimes... It's not what others have done that weighs us down. Sometimes it's what we've done to others. Amen. And so the storms of life begin to overtake us. And let me tell you the reality about storms. God does not cause storms to come in our lives. But God will certainly use storms to push us closer to him. I'm going to say that again because, you know, we have heard songs and even may sing songs, you know. Uh, trials make me strong. No, trials don't make you strong. Jesus makes you strong. I can do all things through Christ who... Jesus makes me strong. Storms are designed to drown you. Amen. But God will use a storm that the enemy has caused. He will use those storms to cultivate in us a dependence on him that we didn't have before the storm. And that's why sometimes storms are good in a sense that they will make you pray. They will make you fast. They will make you seek God because you've gotten lost. Let me tell you something. Comfort is the, is the believer's biggest enemy. Comfort. For some reason, we're all searching for this place in life where we never have to use our faith again. We're trying to reach a place where we have all the money we need. We have all the health we need. We have all the stuff we need. We have the house we want. We have the car we want. But let me just say this. If you ever reach a place that you don't need God anymore, then you have too much stuff. If you ever reach a place where you don't need your faith anymore, then you're living a carnal life because the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. We will always need faith to please God. So if you're trying to reach this place in life where if I just had enough money, if I just had the husband I've been praying for, If I just had that wife that I've been believing God for, then everything will be fine. Let me tell you something. If you need something on the outside to make things fine on the inside, then the devil's going to always bring something on the outside to distract what's going on on the inside. Amen. Here's a bad point. I'm going to get off of this because I know I'm 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 I'm. Kind of in the vein right now, but I'm, I'm saying this because I, I watched, I'm, I've been a pastor now for 12 years and uh, I was helping people pastor before I started pastor. 
And one of the things that I saw that really, really, really derailed most believers and watch this, rooted them up out of the church they were supposed to go to, rooted them out of the job they were supposed to be at, rooted them out of the relationship that God had put them in, is when, watch this, when they have allowed the negative seeds of others to be planted in their heart. Amen. Listen, seeds deserve a harvest. So some of you have become a dumping ground for other people's negative thoughts and feelings. Amen. And that's what gossip and negative news, it's sowing seed. Watch this. And seed, like I said, deserves a harvest. And anytime some, a negative seed has been sown, it's going to provide in the future, watch this, division, discontent, or disloyalty, one of the three. One of those three. So here it is. You're on a job. Everything was fine till Sister Susie. Because she a sister. The devil does not come with a pitchfork. He does not have a red suit. And he doesn't have a tail. What he looks like is the person you sat to next to in church. And he uses what, watch, watch this now. People who look like they have a credible life to sow seeds into your life. So here it is. You was fine with your boss. Till Sister Susie came up to you and said, Girl, you know he married. He tried to hit on me. So now, with your unspiritual self. That's what I'm going to call it. Instead of grabbing Susie. Taking her to your boss's office and say, boss man, Susie said that you tried to hit on her. Is that true? See, you say, well, pastor, I wouldn't do that. Then don't believe the lie in. Why, why would you believe one side of the story? So watch this now. Here it is now. Susie got you in a whole uproar about your boss. So now everything that you believed about him, watch this, that came from your experience with him, you have now thrown away for a lie that Susie's told. But you don't know it's a lie because you don't have enough spiritual sense to go and straighten it out. So now you, you're walking around and now you're looking at your boss with disdain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew he wasn't a man of God that he said he was. Uh, I knew he was. Uh-huh. I hope his, I hope his wife find out. Oh, that's why he was looking at me like that. Come to find out. Susie done hit on this man. She done invited him over. And because he not only rejected the offer, he looked at her and said, I'm a man of God and you are a woman of God. Don't ever ask me that again. And you know what? You shouldn't be doing that. So now since she, you know, she got rejected in private, she wants to try to scold him publicly now. Let me tell you something. There are always two sides to a story. And if you don't have enough guts to go get the other side, don't say nothing and don't believe it. Because now you hating your job. I'm talking to somebody right now. Somebody this week that told you something negative about your boss and you did not go to... T- the Bible says, you know, if you have a problem with your brother, go to your brother. If that, if that don't work out, then you go take somebody with you. Listen, don't believe it if you're not going to go deal with it. 
I mean, if somebody came and told me something about you, I am not going to believe it until I come to you and ask. Amen. I mean, let me tell you, this is a real story. So, you know, when we changed builders, you know, they was upset with us, with Reggie, with everybody. And so uh, they walked in the trailer and someone had taken the trash in the trash can and had dumped it on the seat of where the builder sat. And the, the one of the builder people said, "We know that Reggie put that trash on the on in our seat." First of all, that doesn't even match Reggie's character. Okay, so I wouldn't even believe it for that. But if, but if, but if, let's say Reggie had a devil level moment. Let, let's say he had one, cause we all can have them sometime. Let's say that day Reggie had a devil-level moment. I'm still not going to believe it. I'm going to go and ask Reggie, Reggie, did you throw the trash? I'm not going to assume it. Reggie, did you throw the trash on the thing? No, Pastor, I didn't. Then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get Reggie and I'm going to get the people together. And see, once you get two people in there, you're going to see what the real story is. Let me tell you how you know which one is the real story. Because the one with the, with the wrong story ain't going to want to come to the meeting. Oh, that's okay. I don't want to start nothing. Uh, I don't want oh, to start no mess. Uh, you know, I don't want to embarrass them. You liar, liar, pass on fire. I wasted all my sermon on that. No, we need to, if we're going to be spiritual people, we have to act like spiritual people. Amen. I want you to notice something. Let's look to see what Jesus said to this woman that sparked a need for her to change levels. Because see, some of you all in this room, you don't think you are stuck between spiritual levels, but you are. Look in verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give them... In him, he shall never thirst. But the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Watch verse 15. This is so good. The woman says, sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come here to draw. In other words, I want you to realize or see this. The woman realized that there was another level available. Jesus sparked a thirst in this woman, which now, watch this. There are two things you got to know to move up. To another spiritual level. First of all, you need to recognize that you have a need to move up. You, you you gotta know that for yourself. That's not something somebody can do. And see, some of you, you know, you're sitting here, you go, man, your relationship with Jesus is about as dry as some potato chips. (laughs) Just crumble all the way down. But here's the second thing is that this woman she desired, say desired. She desired a change. Matthew 5, 6, you can write it down as we close here. It says, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So in order for you and I to change levels, we must desire to change levels. 
uh, it says they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. In other words, that's an internal thing. So you must now say, okay, God, I'm stuck. I'm not growing like I have grown. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the spiritual motivation that I used to have. I need you to put a desire in me for you that I've never had before. You must desire spirit. And see, I love uh, Revelation chapter 2. You can just write it down. But this is when uh, Jesus came. He says, you know what? I know your works. I know your thoughts. And he says, I know you've tried people who say they're apostles and they're not. But if you keep reading, he says, but you know what? There's just one thing that I have against you. He says, you left your first love. And then he goes on to say, now go and do your first works. Watch this now. Because when you leave your first love, uh, one, of the, one of the clues is that you have left your first works. Man, some of you all ain't fasted. I'm telling you what. If, if there was a world hunger day, you would not participate. <laughs> Let me tell you how to spark the desire. Spark it. You know, because Jesus sparked something in her and made her go, Oh my God, give me some of that water. You spark the desire. Watch this. By doing what you already know, watch this, but ask God for a change of heart for more. David said, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. It's, you got to want it. Just touch your neighbor and say, you got to want it. Jesus does not need to give you strength for something he knows you're not going to do. I can do all things through Christ who... Okay, so he provides strength only when I decide to do. So what you're going to do to spark it? Do what you already know to do. In other words... Pray, but pray. Your prayer is different now. The prayer is not a wish list for Santa Claus. Now, your prayer is to know Him. God put a desire in me to want to know You more. God put whatever's on Your heart in my heart. God put inside of me a desire to want to know You and grow in You. It's just this simple. And see what happens when, because here's how it works. God needs your natural before he can put super on top of it. And some of you, you're stuck at a spiritual level. And you're doing what this woman was doing. She looked on the outside. Uh, I need some water. Uh, uh, Our fathers did this. No, no, no. See, she was looking on the outside. I want to challenge you to look on the inside and say, you know what? Maybe I'm not growing because, watch this, I need a heart change. Because everything starts with the heart. I believe the cares of this world, 
the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things have entered into our hearts. And the Bible says it chokes the word and the word becomes unfruitful. Maybe your life has reached a level of unfruitfulness or stagnation because there are some things that have choked the word. So you know what you got to do? You got to go to the God of the word and say, Lord, I'm humbling myself. I don't want a situation to humble me. I want to humble myself. The Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. If you want to be lifted up, humble yourself. So you know what? You just go to God and say, God, I'm spiritually stuck. I got, I got the car I want. I got the house I want. I, you know, my bills are taken care of. But, but Lord, I feel stuck. You just go to him and say, wherever you want to take me, I'm willing to go. And then you do what you know to do. And so you, let me tell you how you spark it. Turn that plate over. Oh, it's quiet in here now, right now, ain't it? It's quiet up here. Turn your plate over. So Pastor Evan, I've never fasted. There's a first time for everything. Because see, what fasting does, it makes your flesh weak. And it allows your spirit man to step in the front. So now, all the cravings and all the noise that's around you, all that noise, all those things that... See, because it says, see, first the kingdom of God. You, you all over the place. Pastor, I'm busy. It's because you choose to. So there are some people in the room who needs to change levels. But you don't know how. Here's the first step. You got to recognize you need a change. And then number two, watch this. A desire needs to be sparked. And all you got to do is ask. We ask for everything else. Why don't you just, right now while I'm talking, begin to ask God to put a desire in you to know Him like you've never known Him before. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for a heightened desire to want to know you to be closer to you like we've never had before I pray this word will ring in their spirit all week that we will stop all of the things that we've prioritized as first and we'll begin to start it out with you hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just be still right where you are. This is the quiet that most of y'all have even had all week. Just be still. Let him talk to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you die today, here's my question. Are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Because if you're not, I want to pray for you. You may be here today and you say, Pastor Evan, I...